Thanks for listening to the All Nations Church podcast. Enjoy this week's message. We hope it leads you into a deeper relationship with Jesus and empowers you to advance the kingdom of God in your community. If you'd like to find out more, head to allnationschurch.org.uk slash podcast. Welcome. It's uh, good to be with you this morning. And uh, this has been a great season of looking at the transforming power uh, of Jesus Christ um, through the lives of many in the church. And God is a God who transforms lives. And that's been the word that's been coming to us again and again and again. And if anything, during a lockdown season, it's created a space and a breadth for um, issues and challenges to, to come to the surface, for God to deal with and to transform. And we might be in the, the season still of a, of a virus and of government lockdowns, but God is not locked down and his power is still available to work and transform lives. And we're seeing it time and time again. And uh, with another story of transformation um, today, it's a, a real delight to uh, be together with Lee and Kath Doddridge. Welcome. Hi. Morning. <laughs> Morning. <laughs> so, uh, Lee, um, would you maybe just, just open and, and tell us a little bit of your kind of backstory and, and um, your time up to sort of being in the army and, and then what led you to Christ? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I grew up. Um, myself, my brother, mum and dad um, but at an early age I think it was about seven or eight my parents became Christians themselves um, and in a short space of time actually um, became um, ministers, they were in a ministry together right. running a church um, and as a result we ended up obviously moving around the, the country to various churches where, wherever they, they were sent to in there um, but I think all the way through that period and I look back now and think, well, I grew up knowing all about Jesus. Yeah. I didn't have a choice. I had Sunday yeah. morning service. There was an afternoon service. There was an evening service. We had Sunday school. Um, and that was pretty much, you know, life up until um, I was 15 years of age. You know, mm. um, We had moved to a um, a new part of the country. My dad had been um, poorly, so they'd, they'd moved them to take him out of central London, where it was quite yep. a pressurised area of work. Um, but life for me changed uh, not long after we moved um unbeknown to us uh, my dad was still ill and he was actually was suffering from a mental health right condition at the time it was my 15th birthday and we'd had a, a small party at the house and my, my dad when we finished he had then to go to work so mm. he jumped in his car and he went um that was the last time i ever saw him wow my, my dad left the house and took his own life mm. um so my life changed instantly like you know over yeah. Pretty much overnight, um, I'd gone from 15 to almost like 21. You know, yep. in that short space of time, we had to look after my mum. Yeah. Um, and through that experience, I think I, I was aware of you know some anger issues that were building up inside of me. I definitely had a, a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. I really resented the church because I was wondering, well, where's your support? Yeah. Um, and, and that was really really hard. And to cut a long story short, I always wanted to go in the army. Mm-hmm. My mum convinced me to get another little job for a while, but eventually I joined the army. Yep. Um, and I think because of the attitude I had, I wasn't worried about you know, my own personal safety. Worst case scenario, anything happened to me, I would see my dad again. Yeah. Because um, we had a really close relationship. Yeah. You know, he's the guy who taught me how to ride a motorbike. Mm. He was my best friend and he yeah. wasn't there anymore. As I say, I joined the army um, and really enjoyed it. Yeah. I was the... 
the quickest soldier to get promotion within my regimental history. Right. Um, and volunteered for every silly job going. So you really enjoyed it? Yeah, really enjoyed yeah. it. Um, and during that whole process, we went out to, to Bosnia during the war there, um, the former Yugoslavia. Yep. And part of my role was to observe the frontline positions between the Serbian army and the Muslim army. Um, and while we were there, the peace process completely broke down. Uh, the UK, uh, the government in Whitehall wouldn't accept what was happening on the ground, mm. um, to the point where eight of us were actually um, located on one side of the town. The UN and British Army were on another side. And it was actually over the British forces radio that we heard the Serbian army had overrun the town. Mm. The UN had left and left eight of us behind. I spent 36 days as a hostage. There were eight of us all together. Yeah. Not what I envisaged at the start of the tour. You know, spending 36 days looking down the wrong end of an AK-47 is not the, yeah. not the best thing for you. Um, but they would also they weren't content with just leaving us there. And there was one guy in particular who would actually cut different lengths on the stick of dynamite, light it, and throw it at us. Yeah. And the trick was to pick it up and throw it away before it detonated in, in between us. Um, but we were also aware, you know, from, again from our jobs, that we had to, you know, get some intelligence back out for people to help us. Mm. Um, so thinking that you're a hostage was, was bad enough. Having to escape three times to pass messages on and then get back, you know, it was quite a tough experience to go through. Coming out of that situation, having, you know, the, the relief of being yeah. set free from, you know, that whole captivity that we had. Mm. Um, and after um, a couple of years, we actually moved to um, Chepso, not far from here, um, where I actually met Kath. We then, obviously, we got married. Um, I mm. left the army. We come back to Wales. Um, and during this whole, whole process, Kath had met um, a lady from this church through the children were going to school. Yeah. And in that whole process, then I got to meet her husband, who eventually, and again, we're skipping quite a few months here, mm. eventually invited me to an event here. Um, it was a men's breakfast on a Saturday morning. Yep. Um, and I always remember there was, a, there was a guy called Tony Sargent who was giving his testimony after we had the breakfast. I mean, me for me, you know, ex-squaddy, a full breakfast, free of charge, you know, I'm in. Yep. When Tony started speaking, he was really talking about my life. Yeah. I was almost like, this is a bit too uncomfortable yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, and what was lovely for me is I walked out through these doors and I got as far as the rock outside. And there was something about the rock that made me turn around. And as soon as I walked back in, my friend was behind me and he said, are you okay? And I said, no, I need to meet Jesus. The way I'd explain it is somebody pulled a plug out of my feet and all that I'd gone through in my life, all yeah. the rubbish just poured out. And at the same time, I was being filled up. I had no idea what was going on. Brilliant. And then I suddenly realised, I was like, wow, I thought I was in captivity for 36 days, but actually I've been a captive for this world all my life. Mm. And this is what I was missing. Yeah. This Jesus that I had grown up knowing about, I now knew. I was starting a new relationship with him. So you've come to this point in your life where your life's totally transformed. Mm -hmm. You're both living for Jesus. Mm -hmm. You're here in Wales. Um, but, but skip forward a few years now. Um, and, and a couple of years ago, what, what started to kick in? And what did your life look like sort of a couple of years ago? Um, you know, to me, uh, life, even just a couple of years ago, was, was okay. But at the same time as well, things were starting to slip in a way, mm -hmm. from, from my perspective. You know, and to be honest, it was, 
my personal time, my devotional time with Jesus was was ebbing away. Yeah. And I think gradually over a period of time, you know, that sort of started to snowball. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that time frame as well, I was starting to feel probably less and less at peace within myself. I was definitely becoming more irritable. Right. Um, I could feel that one myself. I could feel my tolerance levels, mm-hmm. you know, being reduced because I wasn't spending time with Jesus. Well, Kath, I mean, you, Lee says there he, he noticed he was getting increasingly irritable. Is there a witness to that? Or did you? <laughs> Just a bit. What, yeah. what was your observation in, in that season? It was like he was gradually disappearing mm. before before our very eyes. He was getting more and more stressed. Mm. And if we brought it up with him or spoke to him, he denied it. Yep. Couldn't he? He literally couldn't see it for himself. Mm. Um, and it was really hard work to be around him. Mm. <sighs> We were being really careful about what we were saying mm-hmm. because we didn't want to aggravate him. Yeah. Um, we didn't want to cause an argument. I mean, we we didn't really used to argue, did we? No. You know, don't get no. me wrong, yeah. we'd have words, yep. things, but we didn't... I was always right. We didn't... <laughs> we didn't really argue. And we were arguing all the time. Yeah. It, there was no joy yeah. in our household at all. And it, it just... It just kind of it was like it was like Lee was there, my husband was there mm. physically, but mentally and spiritually he wasn't not at all totally it different. was completely different person to mm. the man that I knew him to be. What took you from starting that that point of transformation um, to where where you are now? It was on our holiday when we were away, and i I you know, almost like come to that decision that I need help, yeah. Um, and when we came home, Kath made the appointment with the, with the local GP, wasn't it? Um, and I was staggered when he said, right, I need to put you on antidepressants. Right. I thought, there's no way, I'm, I, I don't need antidepressants. Mm. And we came out and Kath was like, yeah, shit, I could see that a mile off. <laughs> um, but in my mind, it, it wasn't, you know? So his um, immediate diagnosis was was depression and then... And he suspected PTSD. And he suspected PTSD. It, yeah. Having that diagnosis, you know, was something to pin it on. Mm. Um, I was then referred to um, ongoing therapy, as well as obviously having the antidepressants, yeah. um, which was to last for about six months. It mm-hmm. eventually didn't start until the March. Um, I kept holding out for this therapy to start. Right. And I, that's what I was looking at. I was yep. pinning all my hope on this therapist is going to help me through this. Mm. Um, and... In between, you would try and talk to me. Um, and I remember saying to Cassie, right, you, can you not understand? I said, I've been diagnosed with PTSD and depression. I said, I have this medical disorder. I didn't think I had, but I have. Mm. They give me these antidepressants. You know, until I start this therapy, it was almost like, leave me alone. <laughs> yep. You know? Um, Sometimes I wanted to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I specifically remember saying, you know, because Cath would turn around and say, you know, what time are you spending with, with Jesus? Mm. How much time are you spending talking in tongues? And my response, I mean, it sounds hideous now, but I said, look, I said, my head is like a washing machine on mm. full spin. You know, what, at what point do you think I can stop and you think didn't want to I hear need that, to talk in tongues? <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. We spoke to the elders and a couple of other close friends within the church. Mm. I think, from my point of view, it's just so that Kath could speak to somebody because I was yeah. starting to see how much it was impacting her. Yeah. But I didn't want anybody else to know. Mm. Sure. I was 
almost like hugely embarrassed yeah. for what I was going through. A big thing in my mind was, hang on, no, I, you know, I'm supposed to be a Christian. You know, the old has gone, the new has come, what on earth is happening to me? Mm. And I, I really felt awkward. Mm. You felt ashamed. Um, I, I felt ashamed. Um, and it may sound awkward, but I also felt really weak. I remember one Sunday morning and and there was a, um, one of the ladies in the church got up and gave a testimony about her son's mental health. Yes. And I remember then the Holy Spirit saying to me, saying, right, you need to tell you, you, your family, the church mm-hmm. body, what you're going through. I remember that Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at Kath, go walk up the front and asked her to come up the front of me and she was shaking her head. She said, I didn't have a clue what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, I think more looking back now in fear, I think, yeah. oh my Oof. word, you know, is he going to let rip on something? Or is he yeah, gonna... yeah. And I, but I know I had this overwhelming need to tell people what we were going through. Mm-hmm. And I wanted my family, because it was our family, the church, mm. to come around us. And it was almost like a huge release for me. It was almost like that first step in this transformation. Yeah. Me sharing it with the church family enabled our friends and, and family to start praying with us, Absolutely. to stand with yeah. us. Yeah. Um, and that was a huge... Huge turning point, and that was right. literally just a few weeks before we went into lockdown, wasn't it? During the lockdown period, in fact, it was the Easter weekend. It was lovely week, uh, lovely weather, um, and in the garden because we got a few tears. And everybody, we were painting the walls. I remember painting the walls with the with the children, um, and whilst we were doing that, and I don't know what prompted Kath to to start challenging me, but she started asking me some really poignant questions. Yes. Again, asking, you know, how much time was I spending with Jesus? How much time was I spending, you know, reading the word, talking in tongues? I again explained, you know, what my head was like. <laughs> um, and when I'm going through through all the questions, I mean, it, they were really starting to hit home and really mm. starting to smart. Um, and I can remember this voice inside saying, you know, I'll just drop the paintbrush and walk away. Mm. Um, and a key question came from Kath. She said, said, if you lost us all tomorrow... Could you still stand there and say Jesus is good? And I couldn't. And I remember thinking, oh my word, you know, where am I? Mm. You know, how can I? And it really almost like started to upset me. Saying, why can't I say Jesus is good? You know, I, I know he's good. Mm. But that specific question really, really challenged me. Mm. And again, this voice in my head was like, run away. But then a still small voice said, no, stay here. Stay and listen. Yeah. And for me, that was a key turning point. Um, and I, I was going to say, I've got to thank you so much. For, but you were, you were, you were brave. Yeah. You were honest. And, you know, I look back and say, wow, what a wife. <laughs> and, and a friend, you were, you, you know, that, that challenging question yeah. stopped me in my tracks. So I, I had been praying for the discernment. When do you want me to ask these? Mm. What do you want me to ask? And that Sunday was when the Holy Spirit said to me, go up the garden. Mm. And it was hard. Yeah. It was hard. And there was there were some really tough questions. You were tough. You was. <laughs> he was uh, believing in the diagnosis of a medical condition mm. rather than the truth of the word. It was the Easter Monday, the following Monday morning. Um, and I knew I, I, I like going for a run. I used to find that as my bit of a time out. Mm. And I can remember 
before going for a run, just talking to the Holy Spirit and saying, right, I'm going to run and run and run. Yeah. To the point, I'm not going to be able to talk because I just want to listen to you. Mm. Um, and all the time I was running that morning, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me the whole way through. Yeah. Um, and the more I ran, the more I was sort of like listening. I was, the more yeah. I was drawing closer. It was almost like I was running towards him. Um, and it, it was just one of it was like, oh, and I, and I couldn't wait. I, I literally got home. I remember just falling to my knees. In fact, sorry, I didn't go home. I was working, so I went to the office. I remember just falling to my knees on the office floor and just crying out and talking in tongues for, for, for ages. You know, for the first time yeah. in a long time. It was like just having that personal encounter with the Holy Spirit. Wonderful. And all the time, it was like, wow, it was almost like this lightness coming over me. Mm. You know, the weight was coming off, yeah. off my shoulders as such. And it was almost as if, you know, this fog was clearing out of my mind. Mm. At the culmination, like, it was lovely because the Holy Spirit, clear as day, said, right, you do not have PTSD. Mm. You don't have depression. So therefore, he said, I, I don't want you to take the medication. And I was really, that was really clear. And it gets really important for people to understand. You think, mm. right, if you haven't heard that, your medication is what the doctor's prescribed yep. and you, you stick to it. Absolutely. Um, but I thought, no, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you in this. And I didn't take any of the tablets on that night or the following night. Mm. And I think we must have been a good week down the, yeah. down the road. And I said, I haven't taken any medication because this is what the Holy Spirit told me. And this, for me, the whole transformation was the, the restoration that goes on within there as well. So the man I was before, I'm going to be an even better man, a better husband, a better father. Yeah. Than I was before, but it was lovely wanting to wake up, come downstairs to, to grab my Bible, Great. spend time, you know, not just reading aimlessly, but saying, Oh, this right. What do you want me to, you know, sorry, what do you want me to read? What do you want to reveal? Yeah. Sorry, please reveal to me this morning that something you want me to, to know more about you. Um, spending that time talking in tongues, playing worship music. Yeah. So, Kath would come down and I'd have worship music playing on yeah. my phone, where I hadn't done that for so long. You know, every day waking up, and one of the big things was the, the and the immediate thing that you noticed there was, rather than needing a drink to go to sleep, mm. I didn't need that at all. Yeah. Um, so there was an immediate um, stop to any any alcohol coming yeah. in. Um, there was an immediate stop to um, sleepwalking. Right. There was no crying out at night. Yeah. And rather than living off sometimes two to three hours night sleep, mm. I slept like I'd never slept before. Yeah. Mm. I wanted to be in bed by ten o'clock. Yeah. And at seven in the morning, you know, getting nudged by cats saying, like, you know, blimey. And I'd never, even as a teenager, I'd never slept that yep. Yeah. And it was an instant transformation. Wonderful. It literally was a transformation overnight. The change in his face. Yeah. You could see that the cloud had lifted. It yeah. was, there was, there was joy. You could see the joy in him you could see the lightness mm. do you know there was there was no the, the frowning wasn't there his his whole face mm. changed yeah do you know there was <laughs> there was joy yeah there yeah. there was peace wonderful he is restored do you know and he was he's been restored above what he was before yeah, yeah. do you know there was that's the only man. restoration God knows yeah yeah is that um, that which we step into is greater yeah. than that which um, was even intended for us originally. Yeah. Yeah.
over the last few weeks, you know, listening to some of those teachings, and we when we saw the Russian dolls, and we've been talking mm-hmm. about you know going from one degree of glory to another. Yep. And even the autumn leaves changing. I think like I could almost get those autumn leaves and stick them on our calendar. Yeah. And say, well, well there we are, February, March, mm. April. Wow. Don't be ashamed, because that's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to separate yes. you. He tries to make you feel insignificant, foolish, yeah. weak. Mm. And when you fix your eyes on the truth, when you fix your eyes on Jesus, nothing can come against yeah. you. Yeah. John, John 16 says that I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Wonderful. We will have trouble. Yep. Life yep. isn't always easy. There's always going to be challenges. There's mm. always going to be things that we face. But Jesus has overcome. We trust you have been encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to get connected, you can write to us at hello at allnationschurch.org.uk or call us on 029-20524125. Thank you so much for tuning in.